You got to start by like a certain time. Otherwise, the Facebook feed goes away. And we can't have that because we're live in front of like thousands and thousands of people on Facebook. Live and uncensored. Yeah. Beep. So I think we're live. I think we're here. Hey, you guys, this is Johnny Bean. And really quickly, I, I want to announce that uh, Book Soup presents Stephen Rosen discussing his new book, Tone Chaser. January 9th, Monday at 7 p.m. That's down in Hollywood, California. I'll be there. I think our friend Music Therapy Laz will be there. So uh, maybe we'll we'll do some sort of live something. So uh, Holly from Hollywood. Yeah, January 9th. I believe that's a Tuesday. So that might actually take the place of this show, January 9th. So uh, anyway, if you guys uh, don't have it yet, check out tone chaser by steve rosen and if you're in hollywood come on down book soup january 9th 2023 wow that that's next year actually it's next month (laughs) this year has just flown by time just flies by when you have i know it's crazy all right we're gonna do it you guys ready and we got a special guest tonight too all right let's do this here we go Hey, this is Michael Anthony right here, and you are watching exclusively Van Halen on the Johnny Bean TV. Keep it there. Woo! See ya! Oh, I like the new fade that StreamYard is doing here. See that? Did you guys notice? It just like faded right from the, the, the pre-recorded video to the other pre-recorded video. No, I'm just kidding. We are live, you guys. We are live. It is December 6, 2022, 8, 11 p.m. Eastern, 5, 11 Pacific, 6, 11 Mountain, 7, 11 CJ time. CJ Chilvers. What's up? I think every Van Halen fan knows that name because you're you, you were just telling us how you won like a, a like a huge prize, right? Oh yeah, the Pulitzer. The Pulitzer. That, that's too. me. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not the New York <laughs> not the New York Times journalist with a very similar name. It's it's me. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's I mean it it's it's awesome get, getting um uh what do you call it? Uh, on Twitter, getting tweets meant for somebody else, you know, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, it could be worse. Yeah. You know, getting caught in those conversations. That, that's, yeah, that's he, pretty it's a, good. he writes books about war. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's more serious. Yeah, I mean, you did. Roth and Sammy, Roth versus Sammy, man. That's <laughs> There you go. I, I Yeah, I don't disagree. It's, you know, they fight wars so they can come back and be a part of these wars. Yeah. That's what we fight for. Yes. So you guys, CJ Chilvers, you guys know him, the Van Halen Encyclopedia, 
it was his book is his book yeah. And and we'll be talking we'll be talking about that. I'm sorry. I I have a somebody sent me a copy of it years ago, and I it's I it's somewhere here in my in my, you know, my mess. Um, but we were talking before we went live, and you said that's probably a good thing that I lost it. So definitely, this is the version you want. This is this is first edition. It this looks like a, a Bible. That's a factory second here, so I kept this one. It's got a little error in the gold stamping. Ah, it's like in the Kramer logo on the beak neck. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh. And I, I was at a, in a meeting at work, and somebody actually looked this up on eBay, and it was $300. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, so I guess, yeah, the box of these I have left is my retirement fund. Oh, that, dude. So that's it. Right on, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is the this is the second edition, and it's absolutely awful. I would. That's the one that it. I have, and it looks just like that. Like the front page yeah. is like bent over and, and oh, kind of ripped terrible. a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's made by Amazon, and it's exactly the quality you would expect. When so you can Amazon. just go on Amazon and, and order your book straight from there. You could, yeah. I would suggest the Kindle version. I brought it down to ninety nine cents for now. Uh, and then while we're working on the third edition. Because I didn't want anybody to have to pay for information that's that old. You know, I think mm-hmm. the latest edition that's out there on Kindle is like uh, maybe 2003. Cool. Right on. Is, is that also available on like, let's say like iTunes, like iTunes book? Yeah, it's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. Or just email me, and I'll send you one. <laughs> I don't care at that. You know, it's so old. Uh, but there's 20 years of updates to catch up on. That's why I'm doing this like third edition in public is to show like how much work goes into every single entry. It could be it could be days, weeks, months. And I bet mm-hmm. there's going to be a whole entire chapter on Wolfgang playing the Taylor Hawkins shows. Because there's a lot in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have to respect every member who's ever been in Van Halen and detail yes. the career quite a bit. So, absolutely. I'm going to cover everything, Wolfgang. Yeah. And as a fan, right I mean, we finally got a chance to see, can, can Wolfie play his dad's guitar parts? And uh, he, he took mm. any question, you know, it's, it's gone. He can play that stuff. And I love how he emphasized that he did that through really hard practice, that he practiced for a long time to get that good. Right, right. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that he he said that, too, because a lot of that's, you know, you know this. I mean, being on on Twitter and getting confused with with somebody else, you can get a lot of hate from people, and especially especially somebody like him, where people they just expect Mm -hmm one thing and they just want one type of thing and 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 I'm 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 glad to see that that he's doing what he's doing and putting out his own music doing it his way and it's still Van Halen you know it's a new generation of Van Halen so. yeah exactly yeah and and I can see just from the like the tweets that I get like ricocheting off of him like how much he goes through <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And Wolfie's currently out on the road in Europe, opening for, uh, who are they opening for right now? Big tour they're on? Uh, is it Tremonti? Tremonti or, 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 the, or the other one? Which? Oh, yeah, Alter Bridge. John Biel, which is Alter Bridge? 
Yeah, and uh, but right. I think he's also doing some shows. You know how Pantera just recently got back together and they're opening up for mm-hmm. some big show. I think uh, I think uh, Wolfie's on that on that bill. I saw right currently, there. currently, and then he's going to be opening up for Metallica. That's what it is. Next year or something, or the next couple years, I think. Something Can like you that. imagine seeing Wolfie on stage with Zach Wild doing a Pantera song? Yeah. Uh, that would be... I can see that. That would be something, at least. Especially... Here's a good time to, to drop this. You guys, this this was mentioned in a, in a, in a tweet from Guitar World. Well, I just want to mention this real quick. I'm actually going to do a, a different video on this, but I just want to mention real quickly. Um, if you guys saw the latest edition of Guitar World... Uh, Wolfgang is on the cover and some of the things that they had mentioned was brand new things from EVH gear, you know, in the works, like possible 24 fret, like that guitar you just showed us earlier, like a 24 fret version of that and a hardtail version of that, the 5150 series guitars. So I'll do a totally separate video about that later on. I've been meaning to, you know, but I've been really busy, you know, myself, but, um, but I was going to Rico. Rico's in the chat. We got a lot of guys in the chat. Rico. In there. Hey. Uh, yeah. So anyway, anyway, I'll do a separate video on, on the new stuff from EVH gear. But the reason I brought that up and I think it was a good point because you had said, oh, can you imagine seeing him on stage? You know, Wolfgang playing on stage or, or some metal bands playing on stage with 5150 series, 24 fret guitars, you know, hardtail guitars, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And. I yeah, guess. Eddie was not opposed to that. I saw that article, and it was just like Eddie was opposed to hardtails, but he, he, he was never, I mean, they're featured on every album, and there was hardtail uh, PV Wolfgangs, which I mm-hmm. loved. They were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. wait to see, but yeah, no, that's that's the new no Wolfgang, or the new no 5150. Oh, where is it? Every time Nuno is mentioned. I yeah, like grab it. Let's see what you got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the story behind this is that in May of uh, 2021, I tweeted out that there should be a 5150 modeled after Nuno and his guitars because his guitars are still they're selling. They, I mean, they can't they can't keep them around and they're you know mm-hmm. uh, outrageously expensive. So I was like, why don't we why don't we just do that like Ash and Ebony. I mean, that would be a, a perfect 5150. So exactly one year after that, they put out a press release that they were doing one. And uh, yeah, I got my pre-order in right away. And, and is uh, that made in Mexico? Perfect. Is that from it, down yeah. in Mexico there? The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the back. It says, yeah, uh, made in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, so CJ, are you saying that you would tweet it out that you would like to see one of those guitars and I, they, I they actually made that guitar because of I that. Fine, you got it, bro. Yeah. No, I tagged all the people in the Van Halen community that have stuck with me and, uh, and Wolfgang too. And it was just weird that exactly one year after that tweet, the press release came out that they were doing it. And, uh, you know, coincidence or not, I'm glad they did it. <laughs> so, so that is the EVH CJ Chilvers 5150 series limited edition 
Ash. No one's ever going to admit Guitar. That. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, even if it's true, no one would ever admit it. It's got to be true. I think it is. From, from now on, that's the CJ guitar, man. I was I begging like him for it because, you know, Nuno came out with the Nelly. And I was like, okay, he just keeps blowing up. So why not? <laughs> I got to get one now, man. There's Rock Daddy in the chat. Did you want to go through your channel members? Yes, thanks. Okay. Zims, thank you so much for, for reminding me. You guys, here on YouTube, we have channel membership. And the top tier of channel members are the executive producers. And they are, here we go, Stephen Franklin, Michael Smith, Music Therapy Labs, who's trying to call me right now, Majestic PB and J Cat, Thomas Santiago, Guitar Man 45, Sherman Callahan, Thomas Santiago again, John Moronic, R Habs, David Allen Wright, Warlag, Michael B. Live, and let's keep going, Robbie Stingle, Six Fingered Assault, Sean Shreds. Majestic PB&J Cat is back. Kurt Rocks, Matt's Tube of You, Amanda Peters, CC, hit it, CC, OU812, and Janice Lala. Those are our newest are. channel members, the newest. So we got the top tier and the newest, and they're kind of mixed up currently because I need to update the, the list. But uh, channel membership here on John and Bean TV, it, it's just an awesome thing. And again, if you'd like to become a channel member, click that join button below, right below the 20 thumbs ups. Smash those thumbs ups, you guys. And if you'd like to help support the channel, support these shows, any super chats will magically change the color of these lights back here. It's the newest in, in technology uh, here in Santa Cruz. And, uh, and, and so any super chats, any questions, comments? Yes. Yes, well, uh, magically change the color of those lights in real time. Your, your question or comment will be highlighted in the chat over there, and you will get a, a shout-out on Twitter instantly, and it is awesome. And uh, so we're live on YouTube. We're also live on Facebook, Johnny Bean TV Facebook page. We have what are called Facebook Stars, which is a, it's like a super chat, but over on the Facebook side. And speaking of Facebook, we're also live in the exclusively Van Halen group at 62,000 members. CJ, are you in that group? I don't know. I haven't been on Facebook in years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I hate to, I'm ashamed to say that because my sister works there. But, oh, dude. <laughs> oh, I just got excited. We're going to have to talk, man. I love, I love Facebook. Um, we're also, dude, Facebook, EVH Gear Fans Live group, EVH Gear Fans Live page, Johnny Bean TV group. I think we're at about 1,000 members there uh let's see what else do we normally say here um thank you again to van halen news desk for the feature the past week we or week and a half uh vhnd eric and jeff featured uh two of our videos the one with jim decola um which by the way you guys i'll, I'll be meeting with jim decola in nashville in about a month i'm going to gibson so we'll get to going we'll get to nashville going to nashville Going to take and, your pickup truck and put it in the back and get <laughs> load up your dog and your and your chickens. Yep, everything. It's going to be awesome. So so yeah, maybe we'll do some sort of a live thing. So we'll we'll I'll be hanging out with uh, Jim DeCola with um, Al John Go, you know Gibson Kramer. Uh, so it'll be it'll be awesome. So again, thank you again Van Hill News Desk for featuring uh, 
a few of our uh, few of our shows. And finally, please follow me on Twitter, and please confuse me with with uh, award winning uh, people on Twitter. That would just be the most amazing amazing thing. So uh, maybe Zim's. Elon will start following you on Twitter. Maybe, maybe yeah. Br- Britney Spears follows me. I'm not kidding. This is true. Britney Spears mm-hmm. follows me. Joe Satriani follows me. Uh, but Elon see. Musk, he can uh, buy you a brand new Tesla or give you one. Just give, I think give he you. He could put yeah. you on a spaceship, shoot you up, and, you know. <laughs> hey, you can ask Wolfgang for a guitar. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> Man. Man, that's unbelievable, dude. You can, That's what I love about Nashville, Twitter. You can go thing. to Carter's and say, hey, man, there's this guitar shop in Mesa, Arizona. I'd be worried, you guys, because mm-hmm. there's this guitar shop in Mesa, Arizona. It's really good. Uh-huh. It's called Zim's. By the way. They would, laugh. they would laugh. By the way, you guys, you know, we do we do giveaways here on Tuesdays. I've got a copy of Pretty Woman backed with Dancing in the Street. 45 will be will will be giving this away tonight all you gotta do is participate in the chat that's all you gotta do and also maybe we'll we'll give this away too i already have them in the envelope i found these van halen was great at those cover tunes oh yeah well that's how they started like growth yes oh let's talk let's talk about that (laughs) let's talk about that first of all so we're, we'll be giving away a Van Halen 45, and I found some of these lying around. So Zim's guitars. So Put let, one when you go to Carter's uh, Vintage Guitars in Nashville. Stick that thing on the door for me. Okay. All right. I'll do that. Well, I, I was going to give Take them the away, but with the razor blade scraping. Okay. It <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll I'll be spamming Nashville with the uh, with the Zim stickers. Yeah. <laughs> Man, um, well, hey, CJ, yeah, let's 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 get it. Let's let's talk about that, man, because that's one of the reasons why I invited you. I mean, I've been meaning to ask you to, you know, to come on the show, but I just happened to see your tweet because I got it confused. Was no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'll drop that. Um, I just happened to see your tweet, and you had talked about about the Van Halen song "Growth," you know, the 1980, you know, the ending track on "Women, Children First, the one that you know originally it fades out. But if you know when you got the CD, it actually stopped, and I freaked yeah. out when I first heard that. I remember sitting there in my room with the headphones, and like the song, like it kept going for a second. I'm like, "Huh?" And then it stopped. I'm like, "Wow!" Yeah, you know? that, that's one of the updates I got, uh, you know, from people reading the post is that on the newer vinyl, it uh, it stops too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's cool. That's that's cool, man. Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's going in. Right on. At the end of Women and Children First, they had this little song that was what, eight seconds long or something? I think it's a total of 15, I think. It's a total of 15 seconds. And so they were trying to make that the first song of the next album, which would have been uh, um, the Mean Street one. Yeah, Yeah. Fair Warning. But but, But it never happened. Yeah, and that comes from a Guitar World interview. And I was questioning it. That was it's part of my articles. Like, is that really what happened? Is that just the story they made? Like, you know, if that were true, why were they playing it in 79 on the tour? Like, I had so many questions. 
And then, uh, but, but I've since heard, you know, since I uh, published the article that, yeah, it really was, you know, at least insiders who were there. I believe it really was supposed to go on to the next album. Mm-hmm. That's what I always heard, you know? Yeah. And I thought, you know, that'd be a cool thing. But it was interesting, man, reading your tweet, because you you had said how you, you uh, or so, somebody had, had asked Siri or Spotify to play, you know, explain Yeah, that. I heard it's it very on interesting. the Dave and Dave Unchained podcast. Like, I, I mine it for little tidbits that I can put in the mm-hmm. updates to the book, uh, just like every podcast about Van Halen or anything that comes out. And, uh, and that was one that really caught my ear. It was like some guy, he just asked for, you know, to play, to play uh, Women and Children First. And the album that came up was Women and Children First, but it was from 1970 and by a band called Ancient Greece. And the first song on the album starts up and it's growth. But <laughs> it then continues into a whole song that's called uh, Freedom Train is the name of the song. Uh, and so, and I heard it and they played it. Yeah. They played them back to back and yeah, it's, it's the same. It's even the same drum intro, which they don't do on tour. I I didn't think in 79, I don't know if they did the drum intro and sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't, but, uh, on the album they did. And so that's what really got me. And I was, at first I was like, okay, they sound very similar. Then I was like, wait a minute, both albums are called women and children first. Like what are the odds? You know, what's going on here? Uh, so then I had to dig into it and find out who this band was and uh, if they would have crossed paths with Van Halen at any time. And uh, basically what I came up with was, yeah, they might have. Uh, they were in the same circle of bands that uh, Eddie and Alex really loved and Eric Clapton apparently really loved the guitar player and Eddie loves Eric. So, <laughs> you know, it was just like in that circle, they very well could have heard it. Right, right, and let let's just uh, remind me again. What's what's the band and the album called? I want to put the link in the chat so people sure. can hear this. Well, it's deceptive because it's not the band's real name, but as it shows up in any streaming service, it's Ancient Greece is the name of the band, and uh, Women and Children First is the name of the album. Freedom Train is the name of the song. Freedom Train, okay. The real name of the band is Strawberry Dust. And they later became Racing Cars, who had a hit in 1977 uh, with a song called They Shoot Horses, Don't They, or something like that. Right. Let me see. Oh, I don't know if I... That's so many different names. I don't know if I can find... <laughs> I, I found it the other day because you have your, um, your mm-hmm. Substack. And I just started what, a Substack to update just, the book in real time. Let's just post that. What's your... How, it's how just I... vanhalen.substack.com. Okay, let me see if I can find that. Vanhalen.substack? Mm-hmm. .com. Let's go ahead and throw that in the... Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so this... So everybody, you can actually go to, to, uh, to CJ's Substack and you can... And you, can uh, you have all, that, all this stuff in your in there right like i i because I, yeah. I remember seeing like like embedded the this video that you're talking about and i played it i was on my phone and i played it and i'm like i'm like that sounds like growth yeah you know it was very weird 
it's so close yeah yeah uh okay there we go there we go so in the chat go to van halen.substack.com and that's cj's substack and and you guys um people they can subscribe right they can subscribe to it oh yeah it's totally uh, free yeah i I left it open for any supporters because this is going to take a lot of money (laughs) to actually do i know from previous experience yeah it's it's going to take some help but uh it's a labor of love so i don't care if this takes another 20 years i'm gonna get it all updated Mm Hmm. oh that's awesome man let's see so anyway so yeah so here's the whole thing actually here's here's the actual link if you click on if you click on if you click into it onto your post it takes you to the post which is this one here so anybody there all the all the links are in there as far as you know van halen's growth track the ancient greece freedom train track and then and then basically the story where you're talking about i mean how all this stuff kind of happened so yeah. very there's a lot of things like i feel like there were kind of gray area like the lead singer kind of he uh he appeared on a lot of albums in the early 80s uh worked with a lot of producers saying lead on you know he would guest appear on big artists and i was like maybe that was another way they could have interacted i don't know mm-hmm. uh, racing cars also open for bad company um but i checked the dates and van halen and wasn't intersecting with them at any time so hmm. i don't know lots of dead ends mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah v- very very interesting crazy stuff zims but what this do you happens this happens by, i was just going to say this happens like once a year there's a new mystery and this just happened to be the fierce there, yeah there's there's a lot of stuff there, there's a lot of stuff that, that's just kind of like pop <clears throat> popping around and and just interesting things i mean because you i mean cj you you know writing a, a van halen book when did you when did you first write uh yeah what made you decide to to write a book about van halen and all this it was the Van Halen mailing list back in uh, 96, 97. And uh, that was just my project on the list. Everybody had a project on the list. And some of them were uh, like the UnCDs. I don't know if you've ever heard of yeah. those. I, that I, was, I, ha- I have yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. And that basically, that was like a world search for the best recordings of every unreleased Van Halen song. And then they would, you know, I don't know how they process them, but they would process them further, and then they would you know, have the CDs pressed. But uh, you know, that, so this was my project. It was the Van Halen Encyclopedia, and I gathered like about I think there's 200 contributors to the first one, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in a couple of years worth of work, just organizing it. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And, and how, this, many this of, was... uh, how many of the old concerts did, did you attend? The, the old ones yeah. are, <laughs> uh, and none because by the time Roth is out of the band I think I was nine so okay. <laughs> I'm on the younger side of, of Van Halen fans but uh, yeah I definitely remember Hot for I always thought I was but... <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dane, we got so many questions, man. We probably should have written some stuff down. Is is there? Could you uh, 
could we do a, a quick sort of rundown at the book and tell me what, what's sure. chapter one? What's going on in chapter one? It's, it's not really light. We decided like, uh, well, we had a publisher involved and uh, we, we were like, well, do we do this chronologically, you know, alphabetically, you know, and basically we decided to do it um, just like an encyclopedia, which is alphabetically, there's a timeline in the beginning, a huge index in the back. And mm -hmm. uh, we just did it like that because that gave us the most freedom to mention random things in the middle of the book that, you know, don't tie to a date or anything, but are just fun kind of facts. Uh, you know, of Eddie's license plate at some time when, you know, that kind of thing. It was just stupid little so things. So it doesn't really Halen start fans. off like Eddie Van Halen was born in 19... You know, oh, there's that too. Born. Okay. Uh, it starts out with this, you know, where uh, the parents and, you know, where they were born and all that kind of stuff. But it's a okay. timeline, but kind of like an overview to kind of get you into like, okay, here's, here's a chapter of the important dates, the milestone. And then you can get into the, the nitty gritty, you know, each song broken down. But there's also each article that was ever written about them, every... Uh, every single that was released in every country, every tour dates, including yeah. the set list and who opened so, uh, and all that. So it's uh, right now it's December of 2022. What were they doing 40 years ago, December of 1982? Huh. We're going to make him get his book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I wish because I could find mine now. <laughs> today or 40 years ago this month. Did they Let's take hiatus over the winter break and stuff like that? On today, they were no, they were on tour. Off. Yeah, mm -hmm. they they had a day off between Raleigh and Lakeland, Florida. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so they had a day off. So wow. yesterday, they forty years ago yesterday they played Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep, there's no bootleg available that I have shown. And what but, what uh, was the uh, what was the venue in Raleigh? uh reynolds coliseum they got wow. the, so, so i also I haven't hear whether a bootleg dang. is available uh video or audio okay so that's wow. an encyclopedia holy crap that is everything yeah. and so they tried to be everything so today they took the day off so that they could travel to worst worst tomorrow's date 40 years ago tomorrow lakeland florida lakeland florida Okay, not a bad Of course, that guy. could be a mistake, too, because some of this comes from, you know, we get in ticket stubs. Time. Yeah, it's like we originally took from the tour itineraries everywhere they were supposed to be on every day. And then mm -hmm. we would get corrections as they cancel dates or move things around. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can never be sure that the date is exactly what it was until somebody comes to you with a, a ripped ticket. And, and so in 82, they were touring the uh, Diver Down, or what, what album were they touring in 82? Yeah, they're about to go to Venezuela. They didn't go out of town, I mean, out of the U.S. very often, did they? They spent all of December, the rest of December in Florida, and then they went in January to Venezuela. Okay, so they spent, spent Christmas yeah. in Florida. How fun would it have been to hang out with Dave and the Van Halen guys in Florida, Christmas of 1982? 
in Miami, Miami Beach. That would have been crazy. Wow. Right I'm in the sure, pocket. I'm sure it was crazy. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, they brought out, as soon as they came back from their break, uh, they brought out beer drinkers and Hellraisers again into the settler. Okay, in yeah. Venezuela. Okay, um, now that lost video um, that they just put out that was on an Italian radio show, and we just uh, found that like three, four months ago, wasn't it? Or six months ago now. What was the date? I think I know what you're Yeah. Is that uh, part of your one? encyclopedia or did that get lost? That is one of the deepest mysteries. And there's so much lore behind that. We've been asking everyone in and around the band for 20 years, maybe 25 years, yeah. the story behind that. And up till like whatever it was, six months ago or Italian so. Or a year TV ago. show where, where yeah. Roth was humping a dinosaur and all that. You remember? Oh, the yeah. One from yes. six months ago. It finally came out to the world. Mm-hmm. It was on the Fair I, Warning tour. And what yeah. was was that? Was for So This Is Love or what was the song again? It was for So We, this we is don't love. really yes. know because we have behind the scenes photos of that and, and that started the whole mystery because we thought, oh, they filmed real videos for the fair warning album where are they because all we had were the backs not it's not backstage it's out in the open but it's a uh, like behind the scenes of you know pictures black and white of mm-hmm. what they were doing and mm-hmm. the thing is what those black and white pictures show is not what those videos show so there's more recorded uh it just happened Correct. to be lucky that those were you know being digitized by that italian tv show at, you know, couple, you know, six months ago or a year ago or whatever it was, and it solved the mystery. Up to then, we had actual members of the band say that didn't happen, never happened. Yeah. So back in the old Roth days, do you, do you? Uh, and I'm just making up questions here, but do you think they had good management in those days, or were they just barely no. keeping those guys out? They didn't have good management because we didn't see good videos from them. The album seemed like they were rushed, even though it was kick-ass stuff. I can say confidently, no. I mean, you can just read Noel Monk's book. I'm talking specifically about him, not necessarily Mm -hmm. back at Warner Brothers or anything like that. Uh, You know, if if you read his book, it's kind of a fever dream of things that just didn't happen. Uh, I just can't believe that. uh, and, And plus we have... You know, we have receipts and invoices of things that happened back at Warner Brothers with Noel Monk, and we can kind of see what was going on behind the scenes. So I don't believe they had good management. And then when Sammy Hagar came into the band, everything changed as far as management yeah. and their production of their videos and and the time they took in the studio to make things perfect. It was kind a well... Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I always feel like I'm getting, you know, maybe 5% of the story. And then I look around for things that might disprove it. So I've, I've always believed that because that's always what they've said in interviews. But looking at the evidence, I mean, they didn't do any videos for 5150 uh, at the perfect time when they should have 86. I mean, come on. Uh, and certainly they were making more money because uh, they got a better what? contract. Were they boycotting MTV at that time? Because it wasn't just them. There was other bands, I remember, that weren't making videos at that time. Because there was an article, I think, in Rolling Stone at that time that talked about that. Like, like Journey. Official I don't think Journey was, did anything that year either. 
yeah, their official stance is that they want they wanted people's first experience to be live. They didn't want them to see him mm -hmm. on a video. I don't, I you know, I don't know if that's true or not, I, but that's what they said. Mm -hmm. Or they wanted everybody to buy their live home video, which I did, which I I love. That makes a lot of sense. And you know what? It, that fifty one fifty album and OU812 is really produced for tiny speakers, like for for TVs for radio. It's really, you know, it was kind of designed for that. It, it wasn't designed anymore for the vinyl loving, you know, big stereo crowd. So I had to think that they had in mind that they were going to do that kind of stuff, video. You know, who knows what shape though. Did you ever have a big stereo kind of thing in your living room? Cause I remember at my age back in the eighties, you had to have a big stereo in your living room. Yeah, I did, but that's not where the money was, you know, in us nerds. No, the money is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's in, uh, it's in being in, within that pop crowd, which they were, you know, they were about to do stadiums in 85. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the thing, you know, you hear Noel Monk lament the most in his book is that they were about to do stadiums and you guys went and broke up. Like, are you crazy? Like, you're never going to get that back. Um, so that's that was his concern. <laughs> mm. I think he's right too. Oh. Mm. So which which did you like better, CJ Roth or Hagar? I just have to ask that. <laughs> well, I only listen for I, you know, I'm a guitar player, so I only listen for Eddie really. And I have there you go. The, yeah, I have there the Anthony Kiedis filter in my head that that uh, just blocks out the singer so I can hear the, the music and, uh, you know, really enjoy the, the musicians. And so it doesn't matter to me if, if Eddie's on his game, yeah. I don't care who's singing. Yeah. I, we, we need some applause for that. It's always been about Edward always. Mm -hmm. I mean, every, every, everything Van Halen never did. Cause it's, it's all his music. Um, I love it all. And, I mean, and, and with Alex. You got to say it with Alex yes. because when yes. you hear Eddie off on his own, he kind of sounds, I don't know, he's not the same. He needs his brother there. Oh, dude, I love the wildlife, man. <laughs> I love that stuff. I love it. You know how you were talking about the big stereo thing? Uh, car stereo was getting so much better in the late 80s. Did, do you think some of these um, engineers and guys that are mixing and producers and stuff, did they start mixing these songs to sound better on your car stereo opposed to the big stereo you have in your living room? I think that, that all started happening in the nineties. I think, I think for the eighties where the money was, was MTV all the way. And, you know, if you're producing for that, you definitely, you cut out the bass and you try to fill that bass pocket with something else. And it's usually, Synth, you know, some kind of electric drum, something like that, but uh, not bass. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, Injustice for All, that whole, you know, late mm -hmm. 80s sound. Mm -hmm. I, can, I, can, I, I can see that. Also, I mean, that was really, I mean, O E eight one two and 5150, I guess they're really, they're, they're pop albums. And you can compare their, their, those productions to a lot of the, like the pop music at the time, like some of the like, like more like dance stuff that was happening. They're the, they're they're equalized, very very similar. 
I, yeah, I don't think that was a mistake. I think, you know, they're all shooting for the same crowd. Definitely. Right. Yeah. So I went, I was able to actually attend uh, the Us Festival 1983. So I went to that show oh, and there's that big giant long story about Dave was down in the Amazon. And they were trying to get a hold of him. And back then you didn't have cell phones or pagers or anything like that. And uh, they finally were able to get a hold of him and he made it just in time for the show. But do you have more of an accurate story about Dave in the Amazon? I only have what's in his book about that. Uh, you know, I've, none of his, uh, you know, partners in crime from that group that I know of have talked about it. So I have no idea, but I know he likes a good story. <laughs> so even if it was close, he would have made it look like it was a rush. Right. Mm -hmm. He could have been on the beach in uh, Rio de Janeiro mm -hmm. and said he was in the middle of the Amazon. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of stories that, that they made up to kind of pump up the entertainment value of it all. And it's hard sifting through, which is right and wrong. Especially mm -hmm. for a book, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man, Dane, I can't believe you were at that show, dude. <sighs> yeah, that's incredible. That's that's. Inc I'm an old that, school that, Van Halen fan. I, really <laughs> I can tell, dude. Yeah. You 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 actually know yeah. what you're. This is awesome. <laughs> he legitimately forgot the words at that. I one. lived it. I lived it. They came to Phoenix, Arizona, every summer. And uh, 1984, they sold two two nights out um, at the Coliseum in Phoenix. And uh, we chased them down. I went to one of those shows, but we chased the limos after the show to the Hyatt Regency in downtown Phoenix. <laughs> and when we got there, I, I was with a girl that was very shy about it. I'm like, come on, come on, Van Allen, they're right over there, come on. And she was like, oh, I don't know. But... Um, when we first got there and we walked to the front door, Dave was already in through the two or four front doors of the place, surrounded by a mob of people. And we're like, well, there goes Dave. But then another limo pulled up and it was Michael Anthony. He had a bottle of Jack Daniels in his left hand and he was shaking hands with his right hand. And there I was standing there, you know, 16 years old. <laughs> and he my hands. I was like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, outside that's the Hyatt awesome. Rooms, uh, That's awesome. Yeah. I it never heard such, that story. It was such a party when they came to town. You just kept, you know, you'd wait all summer for that show. Yeah. The Toastmaster General? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Man, Dane, I never heard that, dude. That's I didn't tell you that. No. I thought I you just I've bought the shirt at Target. Live streams, I mentioned it. But between some of the other guys that we had on the channel, it got kind of lost. Right? Literally, yes. It got lost in the mix. <laughs> Let me look up that night. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, us 83. Okay. This is amazing. Uh, middle of the summer. Um, I rode in the bed of a uh, my younger brother's Toyota pickup truck. He had a little camper shell on it, and I threw some blankets and a pillow and a cooler, and I actually rode all the way from Phoenix to San uh, uh, 
um, what, where was the concert? San uh, San Bernardino. San Bernardino. Rode in the back of a pickup truck. And then after the show, I jumped back into the back of the pickup truck and fell asleep. While my brother and one other friend of ours, they were driving trying to get out of the parking lot. And they said it took them two or three hours to get out of the parking lot. I was asleep in the back of the truck. <laughs> so I didn't oh, mind too man. bad. Yeah, I got it uh, wow. uh, May 17th, May 19th, 1984. And uh, the opener was the Velcros. And uh, oh, wow. apparently no bootlegs, not at least at uh, the time of the printing. The Velcros? Mm-hmm. Wow. The Velcros, they, they had a, a, like a single at the time that Edward really loved. Un- unfortunately, in those days, the opening bands would be just, everybody would throw everything they had physically at the opening band. And it was, it was mm-hmm. kind of sad. They didn't get a chance. The opening mm-hmm. bands never got a chance. And I was even at a Heart concert, and um, Robert Palmer was the opening act. And he didn't have the Addicted to Love song out or any. He still had Doctor Doctor, Give Me the News was out. But he didn't even get a chance to play it. Everybody just threw much stuff and he was oh, fuck you guys. He walked <laughs> off after the No. Yeah, but to open up for Van Halen in the early eighties, that's not a good gig to have. Mm-hmm. It was not well, a good gig gig. gig. Yes, it was not I guess a good yes enough. The Velcros were no nothing like Van Halen. There was no on-time stage for for them opening acts. They just got hit by everything and they ran off. If they had five or ten minutes out there, they were lucky. Wow. Yeah, they took over for let's see, autograph and uh, loudness was the other openers. On the oh, team. cool! Rock and roll, Christian nice. I love loudness and autograph wow. too. Mm-hmm. I saw they're, they're doing they're they're going through some legal stuff. Autograph, the guitar players, it, like the the band is like I don't know. There's something going. I I we're we're friends on on Facebook, and I just happen to see uh, something's going on with between the band currently. Um, but. Uh, Wow. So, so, so no, uh, here's a good question, CJ. So you're saying there's currently no bootlegs available from, from those shows, but isn't it amazing all this stuff that's come out in the past couple years, like either that's live stuff or you're going to have to it's update like they, that book. Well, yeah, there's, <laughs> I estimate about 40,000 updates to make, uh, just from my text files. Oh my God. But, and that's just like, I think it was 2003, really, when the vault started opening up, and uh, and it's just too much to keep up with after 2003. I kind of gave up because the internet I, had so much yeah. new stuff coming through because of the internet that it kind yeah. of oh, because anybody can film, yeah, you know, like with the, their phone, and and if that is that considered a bootleg, if they yeah, uploaded a, lot, a whole was, show to YouTube, it was also Dave TV. It was. Uh, you know, just right. Dave, Dave was leaking old songs and, you mm-hmm. know, books were starting to come out by people close to the band. You know, everything was starting to happen all at once. And, uh, yeah, it just snowballed. And pretty soon it was just like, it was too much. I was like, this is going to take me decades. 
Mm-hmm. So but, I didn't bother. But as a fan, you're probably freaking out like, oh, this is like, I, I mean, how, I mean, to write the Van Halen encyclopedia, I mean, you, you must be a pretty big fan. Well, believe me, I got databases. I got like backlinks, interconnected things. Like I, I know, like personally, I have all this stuff. It's just how to get it out into the world. It, it's tough. You know, uh, the- there, for a long time, I couldn't do it as a website uh, legally because there was everybody was getting sued for everything. Uh, yeah. And then by the time I could, it was it was kind of. It's it's really hard to set that kind of thing up, and all the success, successful band websites that I went to for advice, they were all, they all said the same thing. They're like, "Don't do it, don't do it." You know, it's not there yet. It's it's, it's a full time job, and you know, you're going to get all these issues from the band. So I just never I never did. But now I think maybe through uh, the newsletter process, I can update it in real time and eventually have a, a new book. Hmm. So you mean like Substack? Could be anything. Using using a a blog and... Yeah, um, yeah. Just just doing it in real time instead of saving everything up at once and putting mm -hmm. it out as a book. Or Twitter. Especially, yeah. Doing tweet updates. I did that for a while. I stopped. uh, I did that up until uh, the the day Eddie died. And it just kind of took the wind out of my sails. And, you know, it wasn't getting... You know, Twitter is really ephemeral. Like it just, it, it, you know, it's in the name really. Uh, but email is universal still. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think that's, if I want something lasting, that's going to stick across all platforms, you got to start with email and then maybe you'll find something that you like better. Mm-hmm. Have any of the um, guys from the band, Sammy or anybody, been, have you been in contact with any of them about all the work you're doing with this whole encyclopedia? Uh, kind of. Back in the day, it, it was uh, such a litigious band. They couldn't acknowledge anything. And I would just hear from intermediaries like, uh, don't do this. Don't say that in the book. You know, And it was kind of... You know, it came from the band's camp, but it wasn't the band. And then uh, I, I love telling the story. I was working on the second edition, which uh, uh, took two years. So it's four years total for the second edition. And uh, during that process, I got a call in the middle of the night. It must have been like 2 a.m. or something. And uh, this just drunk guy on the other end of the line, he goes, I want more Sobolewski in that book. And uh, that was and- Michael Anthony. It was his brother. It turned out to be his brother. Like I, I got confirmation from someone else who said, "Oh yeah, that's his brother." His brother <laughs> called me on my birthday one time on on Facebook. <laughs> like all of a sudden it rings and I open it up and there's the guy looking at me. He's like, "Johnny, I just want to say happy birthday." And it was Mike's brother. Uh, it's yeah. true. It's a true story. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. I think it's great. That, you know, I'm sure like it's it's been passed around and they know about it, but they never could like acknowledge it because there's a lot of stuff in the book that they probably you know they want to keep secret maybe hmm man it kind of demystifies them a little bit so how much van halen knowledge do you have in your head i mean if, if you're writing the encyclopedia that's does it all stick does it all stick in your head or, are you thinking or, van halen 24 no. 7 like are, are you always thinking van halen stuff and I have, I actually, I have another book that did 
uh, really well recently. And uh, I just get hyper-focused on, on certain topics. But Van Halen is one of them. I mean, why not? It brings everybody joy. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you are thinking Van Halen 24-7. You have, I mean, to write that book, you have to be. And that's, that's, yeah. dude, that's, that's amazing. I think Van Halen 24-7, and I could never write a book. Um, I could never, I could sure never. Sure you could. That. You take it one page at a time. I'm sure you could. I can't I read. Just, one page I wish time. I could get some of the stuff out of my head, like Van Halen 3 stuff, but uh, oh. yeah, that's stuck in there with everything else. I've been listening to Van Halen 3 lately. Was there any highlights to Van Halen 3? Anything positive oh, yeah. that came out oh, of that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's great stuff in there. It's diamonds in the rough. It just needed a, a producer to pull it out. You know, I think the ending of Fire in the Hole is probably the greatest thing on the album. It should have been a song on its own. Best, oh, best song on the album, though, Fire in the Hole? No, the, the, be, the best song on the album is the last 10 seconds of Fire in the Hole, which has the best riff on the album and just should have been expanded into its own song. Oh, <laughs> the blues kinda, riff. You mean the blues riff with like the guy going, the guy talking and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. Gary's in the background. He's on like a like a CV. He's he's like talking into something like yeah. this, and he's like, hey. and then it's yeah. like it's like a blues. It's it's a it's blues is what it is. Then it goes up. We heard them play that before, though. I think we've heard them jam that like live at some point, or yeah, we've heard that's... Eddie play that. I think if they're a really good like producer, who the kind of producer who picks that stuff apart, like they've had in the past and they had after, that would have been pulled out. Someone would have said, "That's brilliant. You need to expand on that." You know, forget this, some of this other stuff. Hmm. Some guys are talking in the chat about best Van Halen song ever. What do you got, CJ? Oh my God. Uh, well. Sammy Arrow, because I was just on the, the Sammy podcast, uh, mm. I was thinking uh, Crossing Over, uh, easily the best. Mm. Uh, Amsterdam, another good one from, the, from that era. You were, and, on a Sammy, you were just on a Sammy podcast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's the oh, okay. uh, yeah, Bogus Otis, Sammy podcast. Uh, yeah, I was you just on that. Uh, that in the, in the description for the guys i'm sure that a lot of these guys watching today want to see you on the sammy podcast yeah i mean it's a, it's often ignored era for sure yeah but you can take anything from the day of era i mean but uh drop dead legs i think if you're a guitar player when you heard that you were just like oh this is this is peak eddie mm -hmm. it's true Hmm. 1984. I mean. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you, if you, if. Hold on a second. Maybe I can get this. Oh, what's you got? See. Oh my goodness. That was a great oh, commercial success that. right there. That album. Yep. Oh. Who's the artist? I got number 51 right there. Oh. Uh -huh. Yeah. I wonder That's who has Margo. number 50. Yeah. <laughs> you should have bought two. Clearly. Yeah, I should have. I... <laughs> but then you might have 51 and 52 instead of 51 yeah. and 50. I didn't know I was going to get 51 or else I would have. I would have asked her to throw in a 50 in there. 
Wow, that's that's amazing. Is that your favorite record ever? Yeah. 84? Pure nostalgia. It was the first time I ever, I was nine years old. All the videos were all over TV. It was a huge part. Mm -hmm. People forget how big a part of the culture it was in 84, but it was everywhere. And of course, I'm in Chicago. It uh, Jump was the Cubs theme song. They played it before every game. And they went to playoffs that year. And uh, yeah, everything was Van Halen everywhere. And it's a great album too. Wow. You know, and I had no idea they had so much trouble recording it until Ted's book with Greg Reno. Wow. What what troubles were they having recording that? Oh, it was. If you read that book, did have anything to do with it? No. Well, I guess yeah. I mean that's that's the the, uh, the clear thing but really it was uh just an obsession with the with the perfection on the album where they were hiding the masters from ted uh you know the engineer don was uh was conspiring with eddie like he'd run out of 5150 with the masters while don was distracting ted or you know it was uh you know, they missed their deadline. And, you know, finally, I think in the book, it said something like Warner Brothers was uh, getting ready to start pressing the album using like their, uh, like their copy of the album instead of the actual masters. Scratch and, tracks. Yeah. Track. And yeah. And uh-huh. uh, it was at that point, I think that they finally like came in with, with the masters and, and gave it to them. But they, yeah, it was it was rough. Like they really they spent a lot of time and uh, yeah, a lot of money. Missed a lot of deadlines. But the uh, release date of January first, nineteen eighty four, and to have your album called nineteen eighty four, that was perfect timing. They pulled that off. Yeah, I think. I think they did. Now I have to look back in the book because I know in the first book I got dinged by somebody on that. Like there's a somebody was his uh, name John Bl. Didn't MTV play Jump on um, like two minutes after midnight? Uh, January yeah, is that 1st, true? I don't know about that. I was too young for that. I know that they did that in 1995 for Balance. They played "Don't Tell Me" right at midnight. The video right premiered on MTV. I was yeah. there. I wa- I saw yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw Eddie with short hair. I was just like, yeah, oh. it was awesome. Yeah, it was really great. <laughs> so, for viewers that have just came in, uh, Johnny, yes. CJ, uh, tell, I'm getting tell I'm getting text. Today. People are texting me. They're All like, right. "Who is this?" You guys, this is CJ <laughs> Chilvers. And uh-huh. he, he wrote the Van Halen Encyclopedia. He's working now on his on the third edition. That's right. Here you go. The book. Second edition right there says it was officially released by Warner Brothers on uh, January 9th. Okay. Okay. So I hope that's right. Maybe they previewed something or I don't know. Yeah. It didn't enter the U.S. charts until the 28th. Hmm. Interesting. Holly Lewis is asking, where can we get a copy of the Van Halen Encyclopedia? Uh, you can get it on Amazon, but I, I wouldn't. I mean, just 
email me or maybe I'll put it up on Substack for free, um, you know, in all the formats. But on Kindle, it's 99 cents. Wow. I'm going to have to grab it's, that. It's, you know, the last edition is so old at this point. I don't want to... I don't want to rip people off. <laughs> you got to understand that, you know, the information dump that happened after this book was released, you know, was monumental. Uh-huh. Going back 20 years now. Yeah. Yeah. But I've kept track of everything. Wow. That's amazing. So what that's you saw amazing. in that growth article is going to happen for every entry. Oh, Wow. Wow, man. I mean, that yeah, that's what I saw. I I saw on on Twitter. By the way, you guys, give me give me a follow on Twitter. Follow me and CJ on Twitter. Actually, I've got my card already made. I'm going to have to make your card. Where is it? There's my card right there. Follow us on Twitter. Actually, I'm retweeting CJ's tweets right now. So if you follow me at Johnny Bean on Twitter, you can find you can find CJ's Twitter as well. Um CJ Chilvers at CJ Chilvers on Twitter. Yeah, so tell me your favorite song, and I'll uh, I'll tell you some tidbits. Maybe you know. Favorite, favorite, favorite. Can I give you a Roth and a Sammy? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, let's see, Roth. Um, I mean, you know, it, it changes all the time. But let let me just say, like a Roth song. I'm I'm gonna say. Um, Oh crap! <laughs> Zims, can you, do you have a favorite Roth song? Well, because I listened to Van Halen two on Sunday. There you uh, go. Um, Dead or Alive has always been such a fun song for me. And what's interesting about it is the first verse with the third verse repeats the first verse. So how often did Van Halen actually just repeat the first verse? as the third verse i don't recall them doing that on any song but dead or alive he goes back into broken down and dirty dressed in rags you know and he repeated the first verse and and i'm thinking all right here we go um songs did they repeat the first verse i'm i mean maybe you really got me or stuff that's that they wrote they they usually never did that Roth mm-hmm. would come up with more lyric content. And yeah, I'm sure Sammy, uh, I don't know about Sammy stuff, but they recorded it for Van Halen one, uh, but the lyrics were incomplete at that time. So a yes. lot of the lyrics were like scattered and mumbled. So that yeah. and maybe part of it because there's that concert uh, where they play it, and it's their last show at Pasadena Civic Center or whatever. And oh, he's saying, but the, the greatest bootleg ever, me. man. Yeah, he would say, the judge looked at me, said, you out of luck. Or he would say, the jury looked at me. And and the lyrics from that concert to when we finally heard Van Halen 2, they were different. Yeah. So and he's got, he, he does change yeah. up the lyrics like over time mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to a bootleg the other day. Um, uh, Magic Mountain 77 and it sounds from the sound of it it sounded like that was their very first time playing Ain't Talking About Love you know it was, it was probably pretty 
close because they just wrote that for the album, I believe. Mm-hmm. Because it had some of the lyrics were slightly different, and the intro that Eddie played on the A minor was a little different too. Yeah, he's. I remember him uh, talking about how he was embarrassed by that song at first because it was so simple. Mm-hmm. They wrote it. They were that was like their punk song because punk music was most of the time was happening. Ain't talking about love is very simple. Ain't talking about love gave the average guitar player a song that they could play. That was one of the first riffs I ever learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also it, it shows you how complex like Eddie's little flourishes were. Like, you know, it's simple. Yeah, can you repeat the way he hits those strings? Well, not really. He's got personality to it. And the lead had a, uh, they overdubbed a, a sitar. A sitar. A guitar yeah. solo. Yeah. It's like, why? Yeah. You know, yeah, there's, a great, new, there's a great new video on YouTube showing how there's like, I think three or four different ways you can play the solo. And they ain't talking about love because there's, yeah, it trails off and comes back into a different form. Yeah, mm-hmm. the endings are different. Uh, what he did on the sitar is different than what he did on his six mm-hmm. string. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and the solo is different too. Yeah, in the song, yeah. the, the the Magic Mountain version of "Ain't Talking About Love," they actually play the, the you do the first solo, and then they go they do the ending, and then they come back in with the second solo. Hmm. You ever? It's it's awesome. <laughs> I heard it the other day. I couldn't believe it. It was weird. So uh, let me ask you a question now. Um, so there's these different awards that you can win as a band. You've got the MTV Awards. You've got, I guess, uh, Grammys. Or what, what awards has the Van Halen brothers been able to compile throughout their career? Do they have a whole stack of them, or is it just a few? Yeah, it's uh, for the Grammys uh they won all kinds of like those those backstage awards that aren't shown during the show okay Uh, Mm -hmm. and and we really didn't know that i think uh when eddie died is the first time i heard of a lot of them um they just weren't publicized um but then uh i believe they won for uh seven seal of all songs and uh it was out for the twister movie or something no, I think it was a uh, best rock song. Oh, uh, it was it was the weirdest thing because I I couldn't imagine who who nominated Seven Seal. That was a Grammy. Look at this. Yeah, the official Rob Blackmore actually has a question about the Seven Seal. What do you think of the chanting monks at the beginning of Seven Seal? The uh, Gyoto monks Tibetan tantric choir. Uh, uh, let's see that's that's where the uh that track was taken from was from that album uh that they made uh the funniest thing was they took them on tour and uh at one of the balance shows and uh i know the answer it scared them right off stage they played they played in in minneapolis i think that was the only show because i saw them on balance three times and i didn't see them the the monks on stage. I'm trying to 
trying to That's get right. the exact date. Okay, it, it, didn't win, it didn't win the Grammy. It was only nominated for Best Hard Rock Performance. And hmm. uh, it was nominated in 1996. Hmm. Yeah, I never heard that. Were there any MTV video? Did Panama or Hot for Teacher? Did we get an MTV video out of award? Out I'm, of not, uh, I'm not sure because those would have been the very first years of the awards. If they, if, so I wouldn't know. Uh, that would have been be the first hard. award. The first yeah. MTV Video Music Awards, 84, I think was the first ever. I remember video of them being there. I don't remember who won or anything it'd be tough competition when you got like madonna Prince, yeah. cindy lopper like yeah <laughs> michael jackson mm-hmm. yeah thriller yeah. was out that year you know yeah it was still going strong mm-hmm. which they held a grudge you know against eddie for because he helped thriller become number one and block out 1984 from becoming number one. <laughs> and Roth was it? Was it Roth that was mostly upset with uh, Eddie for doing uh, "Beat It"? Or who exactly was upset the most out of out of Eddie going down there and playing with Michael Jackson just for free? Yeah, and as far as I can tell, uh, just from everybody's account, like I'm taking from everybody and trying to like triangulate what the truth might be <laughs> from everybody. Uh, but it seems like they had some kind of like gentleman, gentleman's agreement, like, uh, okay, let's not go off and do other people's albums and stuff. Let's just keep it all in house. And, uh, yeah, so that was, that's kind of what Eddie was breaking right but he never thought that anyone would find out. Mm-hmm. And like, I think he, Edward had said, everybody was out of town. No one was around to ask. And he just went yeah. and did it because he thought nobody it, would ever is know. Is it Alex that would worry about that? Or is Dave the one that's really more worried about that? It's hard to say. Alex really never spoke that much about that kind of thing. You know, he still does I think doesn't. Dave. I think Dave. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, but. I could see that. Because well, Eddie was doing a lot of other people's stuff. Um he Up did to that, that point. Oh, Brian. I got a question. I got a question yeah. for you, man. Okay, so hey, so yeah, eighty-three. I just thought of something that I don't know if I don't know if this is even in your book. Maybe it is. Um, eighty-three. You really did. You saw a lot of stuff, and that brings up the new Starfleet. There's there's some brand new Starfleet stuff that's going to be coming out. That that Doctor Brian May save the Badgers. Um. That he he's putting out a brand new version of Starfleet with like the extra takes or like longer tracks or like talking or or whatever. It's gonna be awesome to hear. Um, but anyway, eighty three, you had a lot of stuff. You you had uh, you had Starfleet, you had um, uh, Michael Jackson. I mean, I guess technically that's eighty two. I guess, but during that era, what about uh, the uh, that's in uh, eighty three? There was a record that came out. Vanilla Fudge, Tim Bogart. Do you know anything about that? Uh, for that, I'd have to do a search. Uh, I don't know about. I know he was. Uh, he was on Nicolette Larson. Uh, her stuff as early as uh, what, eighty. Um, Seven, yeah, uh, Nicolette sang on um, "Women and Children First in um, Yeah 
she did the background to could this be magic edward played the guitar on her album i think in 70 it was 77 or 78 he did the lead guitar for a song called can't get can't get away from you or something but it was a they said lead guitar and it was a question mark it didn't actually say edward's eddie's name but you know it's him because uh i guess ted templeman i think was dating nicolette and ted's actually from here in santa cruz this is actually where he's from Um, but anyway, in 83, Tim Bogart, from the bass player from Vanilla Fudge, puts out a record. I want to say it's called uh, something Brew, Stranger's Brew or, or something, something. And anyway, there's a song on that song. There's a song on that album and it has a, a guitar solo. And you're like, that's Eddie. But it, it, but it doesn't say Eddie's name. It's, it has like a made up name. Did you ever hear that? Do you know anything about that? I don't. What's uh? Hold on, let me look it up real quick. John Bell. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's one I might have to go to the archives for. <laughs> Are those downstairs? Uh, yeah. It's got a filing cabinet. <laughs> You're gonna have to take us downstairs at some point, man. That's amazing. No, have, oh, the song is called "Don't that. Leave Me This Way." Okay. The song is called "Don't Leave Me This Way." And uh, I'll, I'm going to send you this link. I mean, we can't play yeah, it on here. that one I'll take away. But I'm going to send you this link, and you can listen to this later, and, and you, you can get back to me. I do have archives downstairs. They're like all the printed stuff from the old days, but then there's uh, the digital archives are much bigger. His basement looks like when you go into, like, Google, and there's just all these giant computers all the way down. Rows of them. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some of that. I mean, I'm going to digitize it all. That's part of this. What I'm doing is I want to have something that other people can search. You know. Oh my gosh! And you're not on Facebook. You're saying? Well, yeah, you are. That's I. I have you on Facebook. I am. I just haven't been there in a long time. <laughs> you got to join my group, man. My Van Halen. Group. I will. You got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm. I'm going to get you in there, man. Yeah, because it's, this is incredible. Holly Lewis in the chat just again asked, "What made you start doing this book, CJ?" It's a, a Van Halen mailing list. It was the first kind of big group of fans online back in '95, '96, and we just started doing projects like this. And uh, yeah, and then Valerie Bertinelli joined the group and uh, mm-hmm. was guiding us through some of the stuff. Yeah, it was fun. During during the recording of like Van Halen 3, right? She was giving you guys... Uh, before then. So Before that, yeah. Like my, my... Well, the first project, like she gave me my first project on the list. She wanted me to be the photographer of the list and go shoot pictures of, of everybody on the list so she can put faces with the names. It wasn't like wow. social media today. Uh, so That's we had amazing. little conventions... We had a 96 convention in Chicago. We had 97 in Las Vegas. Uh, and there were a few more. But uh, So that was my, my first project before the book. And then I, then I took on the book. And uh, yeah, and she was there. One of my like, fondest memories of that time was in 96, she posted to the list. Uh, she's like, something's going on here today, guys. And she's like... I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you what it is, but it's groundbreaking. It's, it's historical. You know, you're going to love it. 
all that. And she's like, and she's really psyching us up. And at that time, I think Sammy's still in the band uh, as far as anybody knew. But that was the day that Roth had come back to 5150 for the first time. Oh. Yeah, and she's like psyching us up for this. <laughs> so that's that's a pretty fond memory. And I think uh, wow. she stayed with the list until um, she, she, like, not her, but Brad Starks and uh, and the rest got oh, us dude. all backstage passes for the Van Halen 3 tour. I know and Brad. Then, I love Brad. Brad yeah. is, an, we, we hang out. I, I went to his birthday one year. He, he, he's he's, a, <laughs> he's every the time. Oh, dude! Every time I'm at the Nam show, Brad finds me, and we we uh, we hang out. Um, I got to make sure I say that. I want to make sure everybody knows. Like every time I'm on a podcast, like Brad Starks is the co-author of this book. Couldn't put his name on it because he became employed by the band during the making of the book, and so Mm -hmm. had to leave. So in '90, when that Greatest Hits album came out, where they compiled. Uh, the old stuff and the new stuff. And Roth rejoined the band for two songs. Sammy was still in the band. How, how did this whole thing go down? Like, sum it up like in just a, you know, quickly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody can sum it up. I got, uh, like, I got all the timeline, like, all laid out. And every time I had the timeline laid out, Somebody sticks up their hand and said, oh, yeah, I was at 5150 on this day singing or something. <laughs> and uh-huh. it messes up the timeline. And, yeah, I don't think anybody's story is straight on that. I just think, you know, the, the, the breakup happened like it happened. And it was kind of like, like it, what happened with Roth. It wasn't clear. It was like, okay, you want to be a solo artist, go be a solo artist. And that was it. That was the breakup. So they didn't have like really? the setting down where they're ripping up contracts and no. signing. Yeah. No. So, so yeah, it was all unclear. And I think probably at that point or maybe even before that point, Eddie was already having people over or entertaining the idea. Is that, was that the Mick, Mitch Malloy period yeah. where Mitch went over there and, and rehearsed with them once or twice or oh, for a week yeah. or something? Okay. Yeah, he did a demo with them, uh, at, you know, and uh, he was told he was in the band. Um, he was he was one of a couple of people told they were in the band. At that time. And and then um, they had CJ, Robin and they yeah. did those two songs uh, and Me Wise Magic. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. can't get that stuff from here. Yeah, no more. Let me, no more. Yeah. No more. let me just tell CJ this. CJ, um, back yeah. in 1998, I was working with this songwriter named Desmond Child. He, he's oh, the yeah. guy who Monkeys. did, like, he did, uh, well, he, Bon Jovi, yeah. Bon Jovi, Aerosmith, all their big hits is all Desmond Child. Kiss, you know, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Um, Ricky Martin. I used to let Ricky Martin into the house to work on living La Vida Loca. <laughs> anyway, when I'd be recording, I, I was in a band that Desmond was producing and I used to live in his house. And um, anyway, when I'd be recording tracks, Desmond would psych me up by telling me stories about working with Eddie. Because Desmond uh, was writing with Eddie, right, it, I, I guess it was right before, um, the, uh, before Glenn Ballard came in there and did the, the stuff for for the best of and everything mm-hmm. but desmond he he told me he's the one that called mitch he he was at the studio 
with Eddie, and and he was the one that told Eddie about Mitch Malloy, because mm-hmm. they were watching one of Mitch's videos, you know, on, I guess like an MTV video or whatever. And as Desmond was leaving fifty one fifty, he called Mitch, and told him about Van Halen, and so he told me he was the one that got them hooked up. That's great. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. That's another new piece. Like that's going to have to be added to that timeline because it's so confusing. And I'm sure to Eddie, it was just nonchalant. I'm sure Eddie was just like, yeah, you're in the band, you know, come on, or, or something like that. And maybe, you know, it wasn't legally binding or whatever, but to somebody, you know, outside the band to hear that, you know, that's, that's monumental. I'm sure it meant everything. And you know mm-hmm. when you're like the bit one of the biggest bands in the world, and and you and you start to and you're in the music business, and you're somehow in their circle, and you hear something like the lead singer is leaving the band, you're th- you instantly your mind starts again. Hey, who can I know? Who can I get into this band? How can I help? What can I do? Mm-hmm. And that's where Desmond calls Mitch and says, "Hey, guess what? You know?" Yeah, and that's ultimately how Gary got. He's leaving too. the band. Yeah. Yeah. Let me set something up. Or every lead singer in every band on on Warner Bra- Warner Brothers Records with that same manager is like, oh my God, let me get over there yeah. and jam with them guys. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 why Gary, you know, got the job really. And uh, mm-hmm. I was really excited when I heard it because it, you know, Extreme had just come off, you know, an incredible album. Yeah. Hmm. I remember hearing I that one. Yeah. Imagine that the, I'll be right back, the, by the way. The remaining three guys in the band are having little conversations with themselves. It's like, well, what, what she did, we, you know, what should we do? Sammy's out of the band, and uh, well, we could get Billy Sheehan in the band. And Michael's like, what the fuck are you saying? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. I, yeah. I don't know the timeline of Michael in all this. I'd love to know that. I can't wait for his book. He, His book would be the best book. He's going to go down in history as the greatest uh, background singer of any heavy metal band that there is. The yeah. way that his harmonies and, and his high notes that he sang and in perfect pitch, you know, nobody could pull that stuff off except yeah. for uh, Michael Anthony. His is the story I want to tell more than anybody else's probably. Yeah, and he's a Chicago, Chicago guy. So maybe I'll see him one day. I see him at the Nam show. He's he's a nice guy. He's always out at the Nam show. And there was a couple good questions here about um, where to go, where to go. Um, oh, the uh, um, Eddie and Alex when they were with uh, Gene Simmons doing some of those early demos. Christine, sixteen, and stuff. What What do you mm-hmm. know? What can you tell us about some of those days back then, and uh, what he, Gene was trying to do with those guys? Yeah, and, that's another one where there's all kinds of stories flying back and forth. But uh, you know, it's pretty easy to tell what happened. What What was What was so surprising about it was Van Halen didn't have an album out yet when all this was going on with Gene Simmons. You know. They didn't have prospects for an album or being signed or anything. And Eddie is in his bedroom with his tech. And his tech didn't know who he was talking to, just that he was telling him, no, I don't want to be in your band. 
I've got my own band. And he hung up and said, this guy won't stop calling me. And it was Gene Simmons. And, you know, to take the, you think about the guts that must have taken in 1976, you 77, know, to just like slam the phone down on the biggest rock star, one of the biggest rock stars in the world, and say, no, I don't want to be in your band. I, yeah, I can't imagine that. But if you listen to that demo and then you listen to Van Halen 1, you see the real differences that a producer can mm-hmm. make. And, and that's and it's really everything. I mean, if they would have had Gene Simmons as the producer of Van Halen 1, it wouldn't have made a blip because Eruption wouldn't have come out. It would have sounded like Ted's a Kiss idea. album. It would have sounded like yeah. an early Kiss album. Dry yeah. guitars, no brown sound. They'd yeah. be wearing makeup eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd be replacing Kiss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and no eruption, no eruption. So I don't know if they would have gotten anywhere. Man, yeah, because that's what we we're talking about on the uh, Sammy podcast about this because the differences in producers is so important. If you look at the Balance album, that's Wolfgang's favorite Sammy album. And mm-hmm. it's mine too, for the the same reason is that it's the only time they've ever been cleanly produced, where you can hear every instrument, every note, everything everyone's doing at any given time. It's the only time that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. That, so it's interesting that, just for that amazing. reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing album. See. Man, we're we're getting tagged everywhere, man. We're getting tagged on Facebook. Gene we're calls getting collect. tweets. We accept a collect call Gene. from Gene Simmons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 man, CJ, since uh, since you wrote your book, we got to hear those tracks too. The the Gene yeah. Simmons ones with Edward and Alex on them. Yeah, I think he originally stuff. released them. Was was that an effort uh, for for Gene to just have those guys help him write songs, or was Christine Sixteen already out on the on whatever album at the time? Or I don't know the timeline for it. I just know that you know Gene really wanted them. I really wanted Eddie in the band, mm-hmm. and you know then it came out why they you know Van Halen was turned down. As as an Ace Fraley replacement, yeah. Or you know, if if failing that, then he would produce Van Halen, you know, and and take him under his wing. But then you know, it it came out. uh, You know, Greg Renoff in in his book Van Halen Rising, uh, it came out that really what happened wasn't that the demo was bad, you know that they rejected the band. It's just that they didn't want Gene doing things outside of Kiss. So they turned down Van Halen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm remembering all this stuff now, Dan. CJ, when I was in Miami working with Desmond, we actually, uh, the band I was in, we actually showcased for Bill Coin, who is the guy yeah. that passed on Van Halen. <laughs> and and uh, I remember we were playing, and he was sitting there, and... and and I was the whole time playing. I'm like, this is so weird because I knew the stories of that stuff. And he, he was telling us, oh, you got too many uh, beer bottles. No, you got too many water bottles on stage. You need more beer bottles on stage. 
<laughs> is what he was telling us and stuff. And um, you got to be authentic. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got to be ready to what, dive behind those amplifiers when a knife fight breaks out. Mm-hmm. That was another one of the stories in that book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody got stabbed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Greg's yeah. the best. Uh, read, read Greg Renoff stuff. Yeah, you know everybody. He's the one to go to. He's 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 a legit historian. Mm-hmm. The rest of us are just kind of fans trying to put pieces together, but he's a real historian. <laughs> 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 so I've I've the, met Greg. I met him at Nam years ago. We 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 hung out a little bit. So the first uh, six albums were at. Sound City Studios, right on uh, Sunset Boulevard, recorded there, right? And yeah, then uh, they went immediately to Eddie's 5150 Studios. Sunset he, Sound. Sunset yeah, Sound. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and that's why I think uh, when you hear about the box set that was put together years ago, um, all that stuff could be pulled from the masters that were there. Everything, you know, past Diver Down was at 5150. And did they ever record anywhere other than those two locations? Yeah. Uh, In the Sammy years, they recorded in different places. Yeah. Especially Sammy, he would record his vocals. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then for... Yeah. um, Yeah. Once things became digital... Yeah. Right. And the reunion with Dave. Dave did all his stuff, I think, in New York. Well, oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, think they really wanted to like hang out together and you know disrupt the the reunion before. It imagine started. that made it easy <laughs> for them to just send the songs to New yeah. York, have Dave do his part, send them back, have them mixed, and all that. Because there is a version of um, Me Wise Magic where Dave is doing all these screams in it. Have have you seen the video footage of that or heard that? I all I know is that they they were all set to start, you know, a real legit official video for that when the whole MTV Awards thing blew up. Mm-hmm. So we almost got, you know, a video for that. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know anything about the making of it. I know those those riffs and everything were kicking around for a while. So they went to this award show, and it's the first time we've seen Van Halen on stage together, the original four guys, in since 84. And this was 1998 or 6? Six, six, 98. And so the four guys get together, and they just go out on, on the stage, and they... Uh, accept an award or they give away an award for something and they announce that they're officially back together. And then what part of the conversation was it that made well, things go so bad? What did Dave, what did Dave say? Uh, well, if you listen to the brothers, uh, you know, afterwards they gave an interview about it and they said, uh, you know, we don't really have Dave's side of the story entirely. Um, or I don't think Mike's ever said anything about it, but uh, they thought he was being disrespectful to Beck, who was accepting an award, and he's sitting, you know, he's dancing behind Beck. Oh, okay, <laughs> and, yeah, okay. doing it, yeah, 
and then uh, and they were they had like lines they were supposed to deliver ahead of the award and they're trying to deliver their lines and Dave is just like interrupting like but then like like you know this is the first time we've been together on stage in 20 years you know he's going on like this and they're all like yeah they're like that's enough that's yeah come on we got to do this uh but what really happened was back in the press room after they had presented the award was um I guess like they were giving contradictory answers about what was happening with the band like Dave would say, yeah, I'm back. And, and then A would say, no, 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 no. He's back for a best of. That's it. That's all we know. It's a couple of songs. We don't know yet what else we're mm -hmm. doing. Meanwhile, Gary is at 5150 watching this on TV. Uh, I think Mitch Malloy was already gone by that point. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, Gary and Mitch were watching together. It could have been. Like, it could have been like hazy, you know, what was, in fact, it was. Now that I remember Mitch Malloy's uh, story, it was. Like, he didn't know it was over until he saw that. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, the timeline gets a little weird around that. It's a little gray. But it's like that, that kind of crushed everyone's dreams. But at the same time, I think Gary knew uh, that, that he was in. It was just weird. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and it was that fighting back and forth announcement when when that happened and everybody was like oh my god dave is back in the band i mean you could watch walter cronkite on nbc new nightly news and walter's talking about it and stuff that was that was big and the, and the welcome back cotter commercial that mtv played yeah uh, uh and welcome back dave and yeah, they they could have done anything at that point. They could they could have owned the world at that point. They could have played any arena. They could have asked any amount. Yeah, it was it's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. They could have started <laughs> doing stadium tours right there. Yeah, they and could just have. played greatest hits. They but... had all the biggest hip hop artists in the front row, like giving them a standing ovation, like screaming, "Yeah, you know, Dave's back." Everybody mm -hmm. was on board. Yeah. It's a real missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember watching that. I remember seeing that. And first of all, I, I got into Van Halen in 85 because of the movie Back to the Future, because of the, oh, the yeah. cassette tape song, you know, the wildlife stuff, you know, which I love. I love that stuff. Um, but And, and so, on guitar, it wasn't Eddie. It was... Uh, um, Luthiker, Luthiker, Steve Luthiker was doing that, right? No. Well, he's he's one of he, yeah. I always call him the, the the fifth member of the band of the band at any given time because he's he sings background vocals on most Van Halen albums. Like he's he's he another Michael Anthony. Top of the world, he sang backgrounds. He's, he's no, on that every was Eddie. Sammy album. He's he's on mm -hmm. every Sammy album, multiple. Well, songs. he's he's actually on every record there is, truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I wouldn't got it. And, and we're talking about Steve Luthiker was yeah. on Van Halen albums. Vocally, on, yes. Yeah, I, I, think I, he's I on never knew that. Vocally, yeah. yeah well, I technically, I, I think he's on one. He's on one song, but the, no, no, you know, no, that wasn't him playing guitar. That was Eddie playing the guitar. TMZ oh. actually got Eddie at an airport and said, "Is that you really playing?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm just playing, just making noise." But uh -huh. but anyway, so what I was saying though is, is I got into Van Halen in 85, 5150 came out. For me, 
my Van Halen is 5150-0812, Van Hagar. That's where I started. But then I bought the first record, dug back, bought everything. To me, it's all Van Halen. It's all Edward. It's all about Edward. Right. Sure. Sure. And, and we think um, about that as compressed time, those Dave era albums. But if you think about it, going back from, if we're going into to 2023, that would mean that Van Halen 1 would have come out in 2017. And 1984 would have come out just a month from now. So that's mm. how short it was. They packed that stuff in in a oh. short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. It was quick. But I forget what I was going to, I was going to say, <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm six sorry. I get the... stuff in six years. Huh? No, before that, you were talking, you were talking, you started talking about Luca Thur, you started talking about, uh, what was it? I forget. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can only like prove from interviews that he was on certain albums, but I know he's on more and you know, he's, he's. He's a part of the background sound of Van Halen. I had no idea. And Ted Templeman, I think, came in on a few songs too early on. It's just they needed a more full sound for the background vocals. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. Steve Lukather was always there. He was always at the studio. He's up in there going, "How does it feel when it's up?" I'm sure. I'm sure he was on that. Yeah. But in proper pitch. That, that is really cool. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah he's everywhere. Sure of, yeah. Can't be sure of what he, happened at 5150. Because, yeah, that was a pretty tight club there. Yeah. Man, I wish I could remember what I was going to say. I'm going to rewatch this later and then <laughs> and then figure out what it was. I was going to ask a question. Um, I don't know. Something yeah, about I'm Van sorry. Halen. We get we get pretty worked up about Van Halen. <laughs> was um, was Steve Lukather part of any of the writing process in the Hagar years? Oh, because I have um, a question. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to interrupt this one. Oh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> thank you, Dane. All right, I don't know if this is in your book, but but. Uh, you know how uh, the the 5150 leftover track, you know what I'm going to mm-hmm. say, I Want Some Action, mm-hmm. how that was supposed to be on 5150, and then Edward played an instrumental version of it on Saturday Night Live, and then Lukather recorded a version of it called Twist the Knife, where I think Edward was on bass, I think, for Luke's album. And he called it, I think, it was Stompin' 8H when he did the it on Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live. Live. Okay. The Saturday Night Live version. And then in 80, that was in 87. And then in 89, Lukather puts out a song called Twist the Knife, which is the same song. It's the same music. Okay. Edward, I think, is on bass for that. And then, and then eventually after that, on Van Halen 3, the song Dirty Water Dog is where uh, they finally use the music. Okay. Van Halen. And, and so, Dane, there's a, a Lukather Van Halen connection right there. How they both put out the same the same song, basically. Same. Music. I think there's more than that. I think he was probably he was hanging around the studio so much that he's probably more involved than we know. That's another book that's got to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think. Uh, okay. 
No, I was checking on him for another song. I was uh, I was thinking he was on. He's not. Oh man, I can almost remember what I was going to ask. It had something to do with something that's in your book, probably. There was a timeline question I had. Oh man, I can't remember. This chat is flying though. You see that? You guys, we're not ignoring you guys. There's the chat is going crazy tonight. You guys are awesome. By the way, we're giving away some vinyl at some point. Usually at the very end very end of the show we spin for a pretty woman right there see cj do you know do you know about this you, you ever heard the single version of pretty, you ever heard pretty woman just on its own um probably not on a 45 no so this right here if you were to put this on a turntable and play it you would hear the actual beginning to the song which you don't hear on the actual record because on the record, Intruder goes right into Pretty Woman. But on the actual recording, on the single, that was actually released before Diver Down. The, the song was put out by itself. Like you look at the, the actual other version of this where it has the cover, it makes no mention of Diver Down on the back. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I have it. Is this one? Oh, here's one right here. Look at this. I found one. So, so, so you look at... I was a huge Van Halen collector for a lot of years, CJ. I had everything, but so yeah, this yeah, pretty is mentioned w- in Ted's book too. Uh, so you look at this, there's no mention of diver down on there. It just talks about a fan club, which we all wish we were in, you know? Um, but anyway, when you hear the song, I guess I can give this one away. Which one do you guys want me to give away? The one with no cover or the one with the cover? Oh, I'd go picture sleeve <laughs> all day. <laughs> Here, we'll put a, uh, We'll start a poll for that. But hey, what I want to say though, CJ, is you listen, you put this on, and you actually hear you hear Alex hit a hit a uh, a bass drum kick. It goes doom, and then the song starts. You don't hear that on on Diver Down because it just goes, it goes right into it. Okay, I bet you, you know? it's in that box set. <laughs> Next this level so cool. nerd stuff. This is so oh, awesome. Yeah. See, Dane, our our show finally turned into the show it's always meant to be. This is the greatest show we've I ever know. done. CJ I have like two and, and a half, three pages just on that song. No way. Like, yeah, I'm getting reacquainted with all this stuff. It just it goes on forever with that. Oh my gosh. Well, to answer your question earlier, my favorite Roth era song is is Pretty Woman. Oh okay. That's my favorite. With Intruder? With Intruder. Maybe Intruder is my favorite Van Halen song ever. <laughs> you got to get it accurate, right? With the uh... Dude, I have all the... Um, somebody uploaded to YouTube about eight or nine years ago all the Guitar Hero tracks, all the Van Halen raw tracks, all the guitar, all the vocal, all the yeah. bass, all the drums. And as soon as I saw it, I grabbed all of it. So I have literally 10 hours of all this stuff. So, and I've heard. Well, we listen I've, to Intruder because that's the yes. only time you'll hear Dave playing keyboard on a Van Halen album. I have that keyboard by itself. And you can tell it's not Eddie because it's yeah. off time. It's not correct. It's like, it's missing notes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. kind of undercuts the whole, you know, argument of Dave leaving because of keyboards on 1984. 
So, so mm-hmm. CJ, what about movie soundtracks? What what were the what were they involved when it came to movie soundtracks? Well, the famous one is Twister because that's you know that's the one that kind of you know everybody says Amsterdam broke it up Van Hagar, but it's really the Twister soundtrack. And okay, and was that. it just the one song for that soundtrack, or was it more than that? They they did two songs, uh, "Humans Being" and "Between Us Two. And okay. "Between Us Two, uh, they didn't want it for the movie. For I guess the lyrics uh, too closely matched scenes in the movie, and that that, that was something the director didn't want. So okay. they threw that one away, and then they uh, brought in Respect the Wind, which is just Eddie and Alex kind of jamming for 10 minutes. And Between Us Two still hasn't been released. There's a very popular meme, and it's the scene from Twister where the cow is flying across, like it's in the wind, and it's just flying across, and they're still driving going, look at that cow. But they yeah. put like Nancy Pelosi's face on the cow or something. Yeah, they got oh funny God. memes about that that movie, where the cow the cow scene, flying across. Yeah, and maybe if they had gone on as just Eddie and Alex Van Halen after that, you know, things would have turned out different. But uh, yeah, so I said so Eddie's story was that, that didn't go good, and Eddie became frustrated with Sammy during that because the song. They didn't no, want he was frustrated because he wanted to do the best of album. He wanted to uh-huh. do that soundtrack. He wanted to do a whole bunch of stuff. And Sammy uh-huh. was just, he, he was just kind of over it. And, you know, he had Sammy family issues. Do a brand new album. Let's not do that. Let's just do a brand new album of all. Yeah. Brand new well, that's what, he, but in his book, he also says that he was just exhausted. And, you know, he uh-huh. wanted to live in Hawaii with his, you know, uh, just in his new life away from, you know, he had gotten divorced and everything. And uh, so, so he was just like settling into kind of a, a new slower life. And Eddie's like, no, you got to get here to the studio. Let's go, let's go, you know, let's record. And Eddie says, you know, I just didn't like his, uh, his work ethic. I think was hmm. what he said. Mm-hmm. It seems like nowadays Sammy is just working so hard. At his age, it almost seems like, wow, he has the, out of every musician that on earth, Sammy Hagar has the best worth ethic out of work ethic out of everybody. I mean, he's a yeah. real go getter. Yeah, so, there's, there's a lot of things that were frustrating, Eddie. I don't think that was the whole story. I think the whole Cabo Wabo thing, uh, where they invested at the beginning and then the place, you know, nothing was happening. They divested. And then it took off when Sammy got the shares back and they kind of held that against him. They held a, a, you know, a bunch of things against him. Uh, so yeah, it just, something had to happen, something little to, to break everything up and it didn't take much. Mm-hmm. CJ, did you ever make it down to Cabo? No, no, <laughs> no, I got, I have a family. They always have a better place to go. Uh, Matt's uh, <laughs> tube on you. Uh, didn't Eddie add some music to the Valerie's movie, The Seduction yeah. of Gina? Yeah. Okay. That was in the same time frame as, as the stuff you like. Yeah. Yep. 
Dude, um, back in the mid-90s, I live in the Bay Area. I'm in Santa Cruz now, but and that movie was filmed in San Francisco where she's driving from, from the Bay Area to Vegas because she gets, she gets into, into gambling, and it's a crazy movie. Anyway, they used to show that movie all the time back in the mid-90s, so I used to watch it. I would tape it, and, and um, the, uh, the very beginning of the movie is an Edward Keyboard song, and then the middle of the movie, she's driving, she's racing back. Have you ever seen the movie? Do you, do you know the film? Yeah, I've seen it about a decade ago. Okay. The part where she's, the where she's racing back, that's an Eddie Keyboard tune as well, which I think that was, I think that was something actually that it ended up being like, well, some of the stuff is similar. Like it's very similar to like the song where in the wildlife, I'm sure you know that movie, where the kid's laying in the street. And the, the you know the girl you know he's after uh, what's her name she's actually a singer now um, uh, anyway that music went on to be on eighty four on the the tour of Ed, of of Roth swinging the the swords around oh right? yeah anyway we're nerds Dane yeah. that is the he, next he, level <laughs> nerd shit right Dane's yeah. like I don't know what you guys are talking about no that is really cool I had never heard about Valerie's movie I'm very interested in like watching that now and listening for the keyboard parts yeah yeah he he was very prolific in that time and you hear all kinds of things showing up later in the albums from that time you know and uh, Valerie we just found out last years. year Valerie's TV series had Eddie play and finish what you yeah. started. And that was like Cafe the title. Sydney, the, song, the, the show Sydney featured uh, finish what you started as the intro. Yeah. And then Cafe American, American had Edward playing the, the street musician mm-hmm. in that one scene. Yeah. Right. And hey, really quickly, we, we have an alert from from Holly Lewis here. Our friend Tanner, who had uploaded the, uh, the, he had synced the audio to the video. Oh, that's the wrong card. Thank you again, channel members. Um, the unseen footage of Van Halen in 78. Our friend Tanner here, he's the one that had uploaded the, the uh, audio to that video. Um, it, it looks like he's getting the copyright strike, and that video is being taken I, down. I watched that already. He synced it up, so, so they would show him, and the, the song would go on for about 10, 12 seconds. And then it would skip to the next part of the song, but he was able to sync the audio up to it. And it he did an really amazing close. job doing that. Yeah. And and That's and smart. Tanner, can can you screenshot me the the message you got from YouTube? Can you text that to me? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be, be interested really interested to see who's what that says. Copyright. Yeah. Right now, because I don't know yes. who owns that right now. Hmm. Yeah. Luca Third is live on Sunset Sound right now. Sunset Sound. Oh. Uh, we just lost our audience. Thank you, Holly. <laughs> well, technically, that's actually not live. That's that's pre-recorded. That's that's going to be another ten pages to the book. <laughs> Whatever he's saying. I told you he's everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all good. Technically, of we're supposed it- to be, we're supposed to be over by now. But... There's there's always what what they say, and then I. I... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff they don't say, but I'm sure he's revealing some secrets right now. <laughs> Bye, Rock. Yeah, I'm going to cut out too, guys. But CJ, this was just a <laughs> ton of fun. I learned yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, this is so much fun. 
<laughs> Will you come back on? Oh, all the time. I, that's all I do is talk about Van Halen when I want to have fun. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You've seen you've seen us before, right? Oh yeah. You've all watched time. us. Yeah. Right on. And I'm going to be around, like building this book for the next twenty years. So, Johnny, you're yeah. just big in the uh, YouTube world, buddy. In the yeah. Van Halen world. I love this stuff. And Holly, no, it's not It's not actually live. It's a premiere. Because actually, I saw a clip of this like a week ago. Um, OU812, just uh, listen to the uh, end of Fire in the Hole. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's the best part of that album. But at the same time, the thing that always bugs me is the audio clipping um, for the guitars on that track. They're completely clipped. It just, they buzz out. And uh, just reminds me, like, you know, that there probably wasn't a producer. Yeah, you got Pro Tools. You can fade those in a little bit if you move your mouse around and click on that and then hit the fade thing. And yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, but this mm -hmm. is like a Van Halen album on Warner Brothers. Like, there shouldn't be, you know, your guitar shouldn't be clipping. Nothing should be clipping. Mm hmm. Well, let me just say, I, 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 I love everything that Mike Post did as, as far as the, um, the TV themes, you know, Hunter. Oh, yeah, I'm not putting down all that stuff. I don't know if he was there is all I'm saying. Like, he was, you know, he was clearly a friend uh, of Eddie, and maybe, you know, he was in and out. But, yeah, I, I, don't see, I see that as Eddie's production. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. I love everything Eddie ever did. I love. All right. It's amazing. Um, so, uh, is that it? Yeah. Is that it for now, fun. Dan? CJ, thank you so much, man. Tons no, thank you. Tons of fun talking with you. Yeah, I wish I'd known about you when I was in Arizona. I would have stopped by. Yeah, I, I too much up here in Mesa. <laughs> <laughs> We talk Van Halen. You're right yeah. by the Van Halen news desk. Yeah. Van Halen store. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Oh, we, we got to spin. We got to spin. You guys don't leave. Please don't leave. Okay. Uh, let me see. I'll let, Where you, is I'll let you finish on. Johnny, I'll see you next Tuesday, okay. bud. CJ, right. really nice meeting you. Bye, guys. Nice meeting you, too. Thanks. See you, guys. See you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Dan is awesome. Dan is awesome. All right, you guys. According to, to our uh, our poll here, yeah, I think uh, I think we're giving away the, the the picture sleeve of Pretty Woman, which is right here. So we're gonna give this away. So we're gonna spin. Uh, let's see. Where's the uh, giveaway winners? Here we go. So all you guys, all you guys got to do is say hi in the chat. Just say something in the chat, so we uh, we can get you. There we go. All right, here we go. Good luck, everybody. Oh, wrong button. Dang it. <laughs> there we go. Rock Daddy, you were the guy that just left. 
<laughs> He's like, I'm leaving. Well, you're a winner. You're a winner, Rock Daddy. So you got to text me. You got to text uh, this phone number, wherever. This phone number right down here, 415-952-3263. Text that number, and uh, and I will send... I will send you your winning. Although I think you left. You're not even here. But this is yours. All right. And again, again, you guys. Um, Tone Chaser by Steve Rosen. Steve will be doing a, uh, a book uh, signing and discussing his book January 9th at Book Soup in Hollywood. Um, I'll be there. Uh, Music Therapy Laz will be there. So come out and say hi to us. Um, and again, that's on a Tuesday. So that'll be taking the place of this show, January 9th. I think it's a Tuesday. I think that's what I, what I read. Um, but uh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Good luck to you, sir. There it is. There it is. All right. Well, hey, CJ, thank you. Thank you so much, man. No, I thank mean, you. Yeah, anytime th- you want to talk to Van Halen, I don't care. Oh, we do this every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do it every day. Oh, right on. <laughs> right on. Right on, man. Well, hey, it's great. Great. to. I mean, we've kind of met. I mean, I have you on Facebook. And, oh, you got to get into my group, man. Yeah, absolutely. And anybody yeah, you, who wants a free book, you know, ebook, obviously. I can't afford that much postage. But, yeah, just hit me up anywhere. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're on uh, you're on Twitter. I think uh, I've got your uh, your Substack. Yeah. Again, let me let me throw the Substack in here. You guys can contact CJ here at Substack, and then uh, everywhere. CJ mm-hmm. Chilvers. Yeah, not the Pulitzer Prize guy. Not yet. When you when you update this new book, you will be. Definitely. Of course. If not Nobel Prize, I mean <laughs> why not shoot for the top? Yeah. Yeah. All right. You guys. You guys are awesome. And it, hang on one second, CJ. Sure. Hang on one second. Thank you everybody. Thank you, channel members. You guys are are, are amazing. And thank you again to our latest channel members. Uh, You guys, thank you so much for your continued support for this channel and these shows. And I will see you guys tomorrow from the East Bay somewhere. So uh, keep it right here on Johnny Bean TV. All right. Don't hang up, CJ. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Smash that thumbs up. Good night. This is Cody Van Halen's mom, and he says, you are watching Johnny Bean TV.